Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Heidi. And this is Betty Squared. And we're weird today. <laughs> so weird today. So you guys, Heidi and I have already been like on the air, so to speak, or at least on this recording for like 25 minutes already just talking absolute BS. <laughs> and I was like, we probably should have started recording. Recording. Mm-hmm. Oh, Heidi, no, <laughs> look at how we're starting again. <laughs> it's great. Um, you said you had a thing to tell me and then you were like, oh no, I'll wait till I hit record. So what is, I'm... Now, now you've built it up and it's totally going to fall short. Well, okay. I just can't wait any longer. <laughs> this recording program that uh we use each week to record betty squared does these like health checks so you log in and it checks your system to make sure you're going to get like the best podcast possible and um because i i'm hosting it i don't know heidi if you can see my audio at your end but i can see both of our tracks Mm -hmm. as we record and um it says that your health check has passed but my health check has a warning and that I should proceed with caution. Oh, if that doesn't say everything about you today, then I don't know what does. I don't know either. But I was like, don't you judge me, you podcasting recording equipment. You online bastard. Proceed with caution? Like, what's going to happen? The podcast is, like, going to blow up in my face or something? Yeah, it is. It's going to do that. Uh, To give you guys some context, I am currently working a very big film shoot um, with two very big names, uh, as in production companies, that is. And we have had some very crazy call times. Um, I have had to get up anywhere between 3 a.m. and 3.45 to get to set either, you know, 5, 5.30. And I am just wrecked I am deliriously tired um I have been so busy with this shoot and with my general work that I actually watched this episode of Riverdale this morning at 4 a.m as I was getting ready because I literally have had no other time and um it was really funny because I got home quite late today and um took a shower got ready to record and my roommate comes home and he goes you look like you've had the most relaxing day. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I have not. But I think just because I was like lying on my bed, mm. like a zombie, he's like, you look so tranquil. And I'm like, that's because I literally don't have the energy to move. It's like, it's this or I'm dead. So like, sure. Pretty much. Pretty much. And as it is, even freaking this podcasting equipment is judging me. So there you go. <laughs> I am just having a day. Oh, poor Jess. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all uh, it's all for the greater good. Yeah, but that all being said, it might not be our usual peppy <laughs> Betty squared. Oh, I no, I disagree. I think it's going to be extra peppy. I mm. think just not going to make a lot of sense because <laughs> I'm not really sure where I am at the moment because I'm so sleep deprived. Well, I mean, that's normal. So, you know, it'll be then, then it's just a regular episode of Betty Squared. So hi, welcome back. <laughs> you know what? Forget the last three and a half minutes that I've spoken about. Everything is fine. Everything's, Everything's normal. Normal. Um, it's just that the podcasting equipment is judging me and telling me to proceed with caution. So 
that was really the long and short of this whole little rant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a day. Oh my goodness. But we are taking a look back at season one. We are at uh, chapter five, the heart of darkness this that, week. That title is interesting. <laughs> You know what? It's so funny that we sort of jump straight into the title because in my delirium today, I went, I must check what this movie is about on IMDb. So I'm just looking it up now, now, because naturally I'm so sleep deprived. I forgot. And I'm curious to see if this is following the trend that we've noticed. Okay. There is a 1993 Heart of Darkness. A trading company manager travels up an African river to find a missing outpost head and discover the depth of evil in humanity's soul. Good heavens. That's dark. And I think it's based on a book by Joseph Conrad. That's what that's the first thing that came up for me. It says Heart of Darkness is a novella by Polish English novelist Joseph Conrad Conrad, sorry, about a voyage up the Congo River. Um, into the Congo Free Free State in the heart of Africa by the story's narrator, Charles Marlowe. So maybe some connection to that. Could be, because I was going to say, I've just found another Heart of Darkness, which looks like a short film. And this makes reference to the Congo as well. And looking for a mysterious figure. So Mm, I get it. Um, Heart of Darkness, like Voyage on a River. That's very Cheryl and Jason true gosh i you i really like because we're looking into it with so much more depth than we would have you know if we had only just seen the episode for the first time um i am really like curious to know if the writers do this much research i know they do in general but are they being very specific and very careful about um you know, the, uh, the types of movies that they're referencing. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. And I wonder, I haven't been keeping track, but are they all movies, all of them so far? Um, so far as like, I'm talking like the last five, obviously, because the last five that were sort of looked back in, in retrospect, but yeah, they've all been based on movies. interesting it's an interesting thing to notice yeah I'm not I'm not sure if this is as well connected as last week's episode Mm. um the last picture show that really seemed to tie in with the film yeah and the episode of Riverdale but yeah who knows who knows indeed I guess we will just have to ponder those until I book my co-starring role next to Betty Cooper on Riverdale. Wouldn't that be a thing? That would be great. They're filming again, by the way. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I saw that the other day. I can't remember where. I think it was on Twitter. And I was like, oh, I wish I was on that set more than anything. Yeah, it's probably a really cool set for sure. Yeah, oh, God. Anyway. So much. Where do you want to start this week? I don't, I don't know. There is something that stuck out to me, but we don't have to talk about it first if you have something that is is itching at you. Nothing really is super 
nothing really sort of like pulled me exactly, but there were some little nuances that I didn't notice. And it's funny because this is the third time I've watched season through a season three, the way through. And, um, it, yeah, there's no real sort of like anchor that pulled me. Um, my first note that I've written, which we could start about talking about if you'd like, mm-hmm. is kind of funny because I've written it in capital letters with a lot of exclamation marks. And I wrote, how amazing is Fred about absolutely everything? <laughs> That's so true. He is the most chill. He's the coolest cool dad without it being ironic or like a joke he is the coolest dad he's just so lovely and caring and sweet and kind and supportive and he just gets crapped on over and over again I was surprised this episode by I was paying a little bit more attention to Fred and Hermione's relationship which Mm -hmm. just I, I mean, I'm curious to see how, because I haven't been watching ahead. I know you watched through with your husband and then, um, and all that, oh, but I haven't been watching ahead. So I haven't watched the season in a while, but I'm really curious to see how their relationship, I know where it goes, you know, but I'm curious to see how it goes through those uh, steps to where we um, know they, they end up. But like her going back to Hiram and then like, kind of stealing his son away in a way and all that stuff that ends up happening is with what's happening right now in season one Mm. it's such a betrayal that now like retrospectively you know um because they really seem to have like this really genuine connection and genuine bond and it was just so sweet when fred went up to her and he was like want to go on a date and she was like we're married like you're married and i'm married to someone like that's not appropriate and he's like but I'm confused. The other day, I know, poor darling. He can't even like. He just can't even get a date. You know, no, like catch a break. You know, Hermione uses him as yeah. a cover. She can go and do work with um the serpents at the picture show, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, he's like, oh, I think I actually like her. I'll ask her out, and she's like, I can't. And then at the end of the episode, after she said no, and she's rejected him, and he's all sad, um, she calls him about the snake. Her job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and now in retrospect, I am sad because I'm like, was she only wanting to work? Because at first it seems like, oh, she wants to work at Fred because with Fred because it's like it's a legitimate job. She needs the money. She's a single mother at this point kind of thing um and all that but now I'm thinking oh does she just want to work with Fred because she wants to steal his business and she wants to manipulate him I don't know it makes me not like Hermione a lot more which is saying a lot because I didn't really like her very much anyway well it's, it's interesting as well because um oh no that thought went out of my head yeah <laughs> Oh, well, damn. It was really smart, too. I was like, yes, Jess. Good the setup for- was really good. <laughs> That's helpful. Well, look, in my defense, I did pre-warn you. Yes, this, no. This was a very real possibility for today's episode. No judgment on my side. I mean, I don't know about anyone if they are listening, but no <laughs> judgment for me. 
Um, that's so funny. But yeah, that was something I, oh gosh, I just kicked something. Sorry. Um, Goodness me. <laughs> Calm down. I just accidentally, like, I have a stool under my desk if I want to put my feet up, and I kicked it. Um, you show them who's boss. <laughs> but, yeah, that was something that has been sticking out to me this in this rewatch, uh, just the Hermione Fred. And, yeah, Fred is just the sweetest. Poor guy. I know. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm really hoping we see a return of that Hermione. Yeah. You know, kind of evil in season two and then we realized like there was that moment which we were like oh my god what a huge revelation and then it kind of just went like fizzled and died out yeah was in season two when it's kind of revealed that she's like welcome to the family archie and everyone's like oh my god she's the boss but then that kind of just didn't go anywhere yeah yeah um so i'm hoping that we see a return of this Hermione, the one that really just loves her daughter and won't put up with Hiram's BS anymore and, you know, cares for Fred. Yeah. Yeah, Um, definitely. On Hermione and, you know, her possibly trying to meddle with, um, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Here we go. This is the track I was going down. When you commented about Hermione possibly just getting a job with Fred um, to, you know, get into the business or whatever, Mm -hmm. we have no way of confirming that or not because, like I mentioned last week, we don't know what her financial situation is at the moment. Yeah. She's working at Pops because she needs money, but they're still living in this fancy-smancy hotel and Veronica's still wearing all her fancy things, and Hermione's still wearing all her fancy things. But somehow we're led to believe that she's broke and she's keeping that living afloat by working at Pops. So I would I would be more inclined to believe, no, she just really needs a job and she's truly grateful that Fred's offered it to her. If we knew what her current financial situation was. Yeah, which we don't. We can assume that his assets are probably frozen and all that stuff. And if Hermione wasn't working when they were in New York, then that would mean her assets are frozen as well. So we could, but it's all speculation. Exactly. But the thing is, like, they're not destitute. They don't have to live at that hotel. They can go and live, you know in the back of a car you know what I mean like they could be homeless sure if it's like struggle city you're not at that hotel with your doorman and drivers and anyway anyway it's just one of those things yeah we can only speculate um the thing that really stood out to me this episode that I hadn't noticed before that I thought was really important and and I related to was Archie dealing with the and I don't know why I watched it I've watched season one twice before now and this never I never connected to this but I do now uh, for whatever reason um but when Archie was dealing with that new music teacher mentor person that guy from that college Mm -hmm. Um, I really, really liked that they showed 
that not all teachers and not all students will connect. And that especially in art, um, that sometimes just because of how a certain person works and how their school of thought and how this art should be made and how to go about like creating your, like doing your craft and all that stuff, that sometimes certain people just don't mesh and that's not anyone's fault. And it doesn't make you bad or not have talent or not be good or not. It shouldn't make you not want to do it. It's just like exactly what he learned and what Valerie was saying. It's like, you're the only person who's telling you, you can't do this just because your teacher couldn't work with you. Doesn't mean you can't do music just because you want to be on the football team. Doesn't mean you can't do music and all that stuff. Cause I personally had a very similar similar experience with an acting teacher in college and instead of him being the mentor being the adult being the teacher going I just can't work like we don't work together you like I couldn't learn from him because our like schools of thought were so different um and instead of him being the older person the person of power going it's okay you can we can still try and see what we can do or you can switch teachers and have a better experience. He went, you're not good at this. You can't do this. You should do something else. And it was just really, really great to see an example of that kind of situation that turned out for the better for someone so young. And I'm happy that I don't know if people will pick up on that. But like, I love seeing that for like a younger generation, because if I had had that lesson earlier on, then my life would have gone into a different way. I just know that is totally true. Um so that was just something I totally related to, and I thought it's really, really important. I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's out there. Um, yes, I completely agree. I think that was a really, uh, when I say completely agree, I mean like half and half. <laughs> so okay. Let me explain. I had a really negative reaction to that because I was so mad because there are so many people in the industry who will talk to you like that I've met them god knows my friends of friends of friends have met them and you know it's it's realistic to it to an extent but then it also made me mad because I'm like no there's kids who are out there who desperately want to do this like Archie who is good at what he does he just doesn't have the training need to be encouraged and need to be nurtured. And so it's, do you see sort of like where I'm coming from where I'm like, yes, it is in some respects a true representation of the industry. But then I'm like, I also like that they showed it, even though I didn't like that they showed it because they showed Archie triumph over that. Sure. No, I think you're, I think you're actually totally saying what I just said. Um, Like, I think we're on the same, same wavelength about it. Yeah. By any means, do I like that that happened to Archie? Do I like that that happened to me? No. Is it 100% true? And a thing that like almost anyone, regardless of even if they're in a creative field, will probably go through where a person goes, you're not good at this, blah, 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 all that stuff. But really, it's just that they don't know how to work with you and refuse to bend and learn how to work with you. Yes, that's totally a thing that happens to anyone in any line of work, but especially in arts, especially in acting, especially in music, that kind of stuff. It's definitely going to happen to people. Um, But I think it's so important to show it. Wouldn't the world be just 
an amazing place if everyone was just nice to one another. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. But I mean, it's like, in a, in a way, is, is it super hard for me to think about that happening to me and how it totally put me off of acting and how I kind of haven't acted since um, in many ways. Like I, I've done a few things here and there, but really haven't done anything. And it definitely put me like, put me in a really negative headspace for a really long time. Sure. Did I learn from it? And it's that horrible thing of being like, Oh, well you learn, you get stronger from bullying or whatever. No, I got it's, but it's the truth of I got stronger and I, learn things in spite of that happening to me kind of thing you know um because I also I've always wanted to be a teacher I've always known that but especially after that I know exactly what I never want to do I know that I always want to be flexible and open and if I can't get through to someone I want to try every single mean that I totally can to get through to them and that has showed me what not to do you know to to be able to actually accomplish that goal and try and help everyone even though I know that my thought process and the way that I work will not work for everyone Mm, totally and that's the difference that's the difference between that guy who was that music teacher from that college or whatever that RG was dealing with and my acting teacher um teacher in air quotes because he I don't consider him a real teacher um Mm. but that's the difference you know yeah oh it's it's just such a brutal it's a brutal brutal thing um the creative field but yeah you're spot on it happens in every kind of industry not specifically just acting yeah I think it's rampant in in acting or music in a creative field because it's so easy for people to go you're just not there sweetie I think maybe and it's so easy for people to go I I want to be like an actor. I want to be a musician. I want to be blah, blah, blah. But I have my backup or whatever. It's so easy for people to do that. So then when people go, mm, yeah, you really shouldn't go for it. Why don't you just stick with the backup? Like it's it's so easy in a creative field to, to fall back on your laurels and that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Oh gosh, this got dark and depressing quick, didn't it? <laughs> I said it was going to be not as perky. <laughs> it's a weird episode, but yet here we are pushing on through um, yeah. my sleep deprivation and um, <laughs> God, you trying past to traumas. together <laughs> or your past traumas. Oh, <laughs> we've all got them. Don't worry. It's what makes us no. humans. Yeah, I know. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of moments that happen between Betty and Jughead um yes <laughs> you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a director and we were talking uh yesterday about um foreshadowing and how oh, yeah. a lot of directors will um select certain shots that are aimed to show you know a foreshadowing of something mm-hmm. and um it was it was really interesting because I I saw some foreshadowing today about uh Betty and Jughead totally you know obviously the first thing that I noticed and I was like ding 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 alarm bells was how Jughead reacts to Betty when um is it Trev Trev? yeah when Trev uh comes in and like you know confirms that they're still on and she's like it's a date and he's like wait what like if you yeah 
the camera will cut to him very quickly to get a reaction shot and then, you know, all is right in the world again and they go back to just being Jughead and Betty. But it's mm-hmm. this little hint at a jealousy, whether he knows it's there or not. Yeah. It's in the works. Totally. Um, and then there was another moment as well, uh, which was the reverse, where Betty kind of went, oh. And that was when um, Jughead like comes to get her for um, Jason's memorial. And Betty kind of just takes him in because he's like in a suit and he's looking all sweet. And he's like, what? She's like, aww. Yeah. She like sees him. You see her see him in a different light than she's ever seen him before. And it's like that very literal of way of doing it that is he's dressed like she's never probably seen him dressed before. Yeah. Um, It's very sweet. Absolutely. So yeah, call that what you will. Call that me reading into too much because I know what's no. or, or what, but it was just interesting that I would have that conversation yesterday with this friend who's a director and then be like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There it is. Well, yeah, and it, it seems really pretty blatant. I felt I liked Jughead and Betty as a team of just two people. I liked their chemistry and how they worked together. I assume it was probably from this point, if not in the past few episodes, like when I originally watched the show. So it, it, I, I really think it is um, really purposeful and, and definitely foreshadowing for sure of what's to come. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And it's, oh, it's so nice and sweet. And it's so sweet. I love it. Oh. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, but- I won't speculate. No, no, I won't. Spe- it's about the next episode. I'll- we'll just wait and let it happen because I, I don't know. I could totally be totally wrong. Okay, sorry uh, about it. <laughs> I'll leave. I'll leave that there then. Um, one other thing, you know, speaking of relationships and everything like that, um, it is really sweet how you know Veronica and Archie are taking just that little bit longer. Yeah, I it I have mixed feelings about Archie and Valerie. Although I like her as a character, I and I like their kind of relationship through music. I don't know. Um the the rest is like eh for me. Um but I do like Veronica and Archie right now and like how they kind of their relationship builds to what it is. I loved her like helping him when his hand was hurt and her just kind of scolding him a little. Yeah. That was sweet. Yeah, that was sweet. That... And she gives him like a little kiss, right? Like on his hand? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. It's funny though because I don't see the chemistry there yet. And I think it's just purely because they're just slightly later bloomers in their relationship but also you know Jughead and um and Betty have all of that history sure and I also think that like I feel like for whatever reason Archie and Veronica work best when they're being like their relationship is most believable when it's highly sexual and right now we're getting the sweet pre-relationship stuff which works for Betty and Jughead because that's who they are and really works for their relationship, but doesn't really work for 
Veronica and Archie. They're not like sweet lovey-dovey. They're more of like the like sexy ones. So yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> so adorable! All this sweet love yes. and Some young love, romance, and oh, it's good. <laughs> I just thought of such a silly moment. I don't know what made me think of this. Um, so when they're at the, so when we're at when they're at the memorial after Penelope gets real creepy with Archie and yeah. he sits down next to Kevin, Kevin's like, "Did she just touch your hair or something like that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just liked that moment. I love Ke- Kevin. They don't always give him the best. They don't always give him a lot to work with, um, which I think is sad he wasn't in season two enough like i miss this sassy uh flamboyant kevin you know we got a little bit more serious with him in season two or he disappeared altogether yeah but in the first season at least in the episodes we've had so far he every episode has at least one good line like one real good line and I mean, la- uh, was the last episode or the episode before where he got like he even got a little makeout sesh? They've been they need to respect the Kevin Kellermeyer again because I want to see more of him. Yeah, bless him. Oh, <laughs> little Kevin. Um, I was watching Keller, not Kellermeyer. I know a Kellermeyer in real life. Keller. <laughs> I also know Keller a Kellermeyer. I think we we're talking about the same one. Yeah, I said I said. I said Kellermeyer, not Keller. <laughs> I didn't even correct you because it sounded so It sounded nice right, right? Because we both know this actual Kellermeyer. Hi, yes. if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> She's so busy, I doubt it. I know, but I feel like if she had the time, she definitely would be listening because she's so she would. Um, I was watching a, like a BuzzFeed um, video the other day where Vogue had interviewed um Casey Cotton mm-hmm. and he was reading like tweets or like fan requests and things and a couple of the people had been like oh can you say like your most like infamous line which is um Archie got hot and so like he his lines and it was really really entertaining so I think he is he's that iconic one one quote Kind yeah, of he gets gross. he gets the one liners. Yeah, but boy, that that, uh, that kid's got a set of lungs on him. That musical episode, he was he shone. Oh, I totally wonder if he has because I mean his brother's a Broadway guy. Yeah. I wonder if he has any like cabaret moments. If I can find any videos of him like really singing, I bet. Mm. I mean, his I brother is insanely talented. I saw him um, uh, do bandstand and. Granted, mm-hmm. the, the story for Bandstand was a little too dark for me, but... It's just my... also an awful show, but sure. Oh, I didn't mind it, okay? <laughs> I didn't think it was very good. I mean, there were moments that were nice and the performances were good, but other than that... Yeah, the singing and acting was just phenomenal. Those um, those two leads just uh, sung out their lungs. Like, I don't even know how to explain it, but just... Well, cool. yeah. Know, these teeny tiny little people and <laughs> a set of lungs on them yeah Corey Cott and Laura Osnes are not to be t- not to be messed with and I saw Corey Cott as well in um Newsies and he's he's great he's a great yeah. he's great a lot shorter than um 
I realized when I saw him in Bandstand, I was like, oh, he's little. <laughs> Aren't they all, all those actors? They're, they're all so tiny. I feel like Casey is got a bit of height to him. He does look like he's taller. I wonder if he is taller than his brother. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder as well. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, no digressing again. As always. As, well, I mean, please, it wouldn't be Betty, Betty Squared without it. Um, we have got a lot of um, abusive Blossom parents this episode. Oh my god, don't we? There's a lot of it. And I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen it, but this is where we've sort of, I guess, really heard it. Yeah, you hear them actually actually being abusive and harmful to their daughter. Um, also, there was a moment where Mr. Blossom, Clifford Blossom, when they're talking about um, how they invited all of the suspects to the memori- memorial service, and he says something about it. It's just like, ooh, you trying to cover your tracks so hard? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I had um, I'd forgotten about that part, which is hilarious, considering I only watched it this morning, but at 4 a.m. But... Could be a lifetime ago for you as of now. It, it literally feels like it was like five days ago. That's how deliriously tired I am. But anyway, <laughs> one thing I noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I know we've talked about this in other episodes, mm-hmm. but Clifford kind of hangs back and he doesn't ever really comment or say anything. But the the guy that, uh, sorry, the... Um, the scolding that comes from the Blossoms towards Cheryl this episode really only comes from Penelope. Am I right? Yeah. No, totally. He he says a few things here and there and is kind of just being disapproving. But other than that, he doesn't really – he's very innocuous. He's very pulled back. He's <laughs> kind of just, like, supporting Penelope, like, physically and just, like, emotionally. Right, which is, it's so strange, but because he's this mastermind, you know, but like you don't at any point really see him assert that until like much, much later. And then by that point, it's already all revealed. No, but you know, I just realized there might've been, and maybe this, mm, with how this show goes, I do think that this is purposeful, but it was so small, I just realized it. Um, when he, when Veronica was over for dinner, and they're all sitting at the table, yes. and Clifford brings up, her, like, Clifford does speak at dinner quite a bit, and he says, um, he brings up her dad, and how's your dad, and she's like, okay, and then he's like, he basically says like that must have been really embarrassing um people coming in and taking your father and taking your things and all all this stuff and he kind of like really goes in about that about the idea of someone coming into your about the police coming into your home and taking away everything from you and taking your like and how the public embarrassment of that and and them carting someone off to jail isn't that seems like foreshadowing a little bit that oh god we need to name this episode foreshadowing yeah oh my god because he doesn't allow that to happen yeah that's true the public shame and whatnot i think is his biggest fear he's not afraid to to do what he thinks needs to be done in terms of hurting the people he loves right but 
the public shame would be too much for him where it ends up with him taking his own life that yeah that is foreshadowing interesting shit girl oops yeah that's crazy yeah i hadn't even realized that myself and i watched this uh this is the third time round i've watched it crap yeah this episode is full of foreshadowing. I love it. I love that I had this totally. yesterday and now we are using it in practice. Look at us, thou big Look girl pants on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely like so clear that I can't yeah. believe I didn't make it myself. Speaking of connections, um, one that I made, which was so dang obvious, I can't believe I missed Right at the very end of the episode, and you'll have to forgive me because I'm jumping around a little here. Um, Mm -hmm. You know how, like, Hal is there at the end of the episode and he's kind of, like, looking at the murder board um, evidence and then, like, closes Mm -hmm. the folder and on the front of the folder it says Sheriff Keller. Yeah. Did you realize that he was the one that broke into the Keller's house and stole the murder board evidence. Did I realize that? Yes. I mean, yeah, they kind of laid it out for us. I thought, I thought. Okay, girl, I don't know what I was doing when I first watched this episode. (laughs) And then the second time around, I think because you know how Alice pays off like, the city morgue and she goes in and gets the first scoop on the bodies. I thought in my stupid ass brain that he had some agreement with Sheriff Keller and got this evidence and he was looking over it, but he wasn't telling Alice and Betty. And then I watched it this time for the third time. And I was like, Oh my God, he broke in and stole all the stuff because he's the Black Hood. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's why. I don't think he's, I don't. No, I think, I think the Hal we're encountering right now is the precursor to the Black Hood Hal that we're going to see later. He kind of, um, and I was thinking about that a lot this episode too, because I've also been watching um this series and i highly suggest it heidi's always has to have a suggestion for people each episode it's called cold justice i feel like i know of this show yeah it's on netflix it's these two amazing women and they go to towns where there's like a cold case that's been like the either from like I've seen one that was like 33 years old or eight years old and they go and they help the police department um, try and solve it. Um, and, uh, and with any like kind of crime case and stuff like that, a lot of the times they will, when they have a suspect, a lot of times they'll go to family, friends, or like people who they were in relationships with um, and they'll try and see their past behavior because behavior is such a sign of um, what a person is like and like, what they could be capable of. So I've kind of been paying attention to that with Hal this time around, since we know what he'll do. Like, let's see from the past if they gave examples of it. So he kind of does blow up at Betty a little bit and he gets pretty angry, angry with her. And he says like, you better not like look into this anymore. And the way when he was watching those old videotapes of Polly, 
Yes, that was. I was like, ooh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and again, if you want to talk about foreshadowing, yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. But I thought with the um, uh, and I mean, I can't remember. So I'm I. They don't explain it in the rest of the season why he why he takes it. No. Okay. Not so what I recall. Uh, maybe, maybe when I watch it, we'll see. But um, I always thought that it wasn't related to the Black Hood, but I thought because when the first time I watched it was before the Black Hood even existed. So, um, but I always thought it was because he didn't want Jason's killer to be found. Like I kind of thought it was because he doesn't care about justice for Jason, and he would rather that just kind of become a cold case and it be over but i don't know mm, now you could also just just be him being a, a villain <laughs> and a criminal yeah i don't know it's weird i mean if you maybe want to put like a this is the moment he cracked mm. i feel like that's what happened this episode because but he's i don't know he he tells Betty about you know the the um the sh- the shooting that the Blossoms and the Coopers were involved in, and you know later on we find out it was more than just that. Yeah, it's the Blossoms and the Blossoms. Exactly, and then he's you know he's sitting there watching those videos, clearly distraught, clearly with everything going around and around and around in his head. Mm-hmm. So, and he's drinking and he's drinking and then we cut to the you know him with the folder I feel like I feel like if like I said if we're talking foreshadowing this was the episode where he's like I'm gonna fix this mm, but uh, the only thing I'll say about that is that he says it himself that the minute he is kind of awakened and and he decides that he's going to take action is when Betty has her speech at the end of the season. Right. So maybe, so I agree that that, that this is build up, but I think that's what this is. I think this is build up small petty crimes, um, him having dark thoughts and not dealing with things correctly, sending his daughter away for just being a completely normal teenager stealing evidence like that like I feel like it's build up I don't know if it's the crack yet but I think it is going there for sure yeah 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 it's interesting because like I said it's it's I'm watching it back really really breaking down a lot of things and I'm wondering if I'm over analyzing or I'm wondering if I'm noticing things for the first time that I never really did yeah, it's hard. There's a hard line, right? Like, there's definitely things, like, I do think that the Clifford saying, like, the Clifford Blossom saying that about Hiram Lodge and his arrest is actually foreshadowing, but is it a really small moment that I don't think is necessary to notice to enjoy the show and to connect to things later on with Clifford Blossom and what ends up happening with him? Yeah. No, I think that's fine. I don't think, it's it's an interesting line between what parts of this um, story that they're creating in the little moments is interesting and just fun to notice and rewatch like we're doing now and what's necessary 
And I think there's a difference. Yeah, I agree. I think we can, I mean, that's why English classes exist. Like that's why you take um, a Robert Frost poem and, and annihilate it to pieces when you know, when he wrote it, he didn't do that. <laughs> like, exactly. And that was the one thing I used to hate about English. I'd be writing a paper and I'm like, I hate this poem now because I've had to break it apart. And, you know, you know, the writer never meant that. And then look at totally. me now, my English <laughs> would be so well, Yeah. And that's what they were trying to teach us all along. Right. If they just, if, if in schools they were just able to be like, we're just trying to teach you how to critically think. Just look at this and have opinions, and that's what we want. I think life would be a little different, huh? I agree. Very much yeah. so. They don't tell us instead. They make it seem like it's some big secret that we're trying to find the answers to, and that's actually bull. Yeah. Um, one thing <laughs> I wanted to mention that was a nice little um, tribute to the comics was that uh was Betty fixing the car with her dad yeah yeah we we see it like I think another time in season two or yeah she fixes one of the cars she's got little overalls on that's right because I remember we commented on we're like she looks so cute so cute but you know in the comics Betty is a real grease monkey she's not a girly girl you know, mm-hmm. um, one of the episodes that I read, the girls like give her a makeover and she's like literally screaming as they're putting mascara on because she doesn't want to wear it. Um, so I, I thought that was a nice little little moment um, where it connected to, you know, its original roots. Um, yeah. But just on Betty, I want to share a funny thing that happened. So I got home the other day from work um I'd been out on set it was one of the crazy mornings where I'd been up since 3 45 I get home and um uh, my husband's in the bedroom and he's watching tv and I go in and he's watching Riverdale and I was oh my gosh I was so proud I walked in and I was like you watching Riverdale he's like yeah I'm like oh do you like it? He's like, yeah, it's really good. I'm like, how many episodes have you watched? And then I sat down and I looked at the episode he was on and he watched like quite a few, but (laughs) the part that I walked in was when Betty was doing her undressing serpent dance. Your favorite. No. And I even said to Lee, I was like, you can fast forward this. He's like, why? I'm like, no, my beautiful Betty. He's like, you're an idiot. (laughs) But I sort of that he's on board now, um, and hopefully he'll he'll listen along with our podcasts. But yeah, I I loved it. I was so proud. I'm like, yes, if I can just convert one person at a time, then I've done my job. <laughs> <laughs> Next Halloween, you can dress him up as FP. Oh my god, that'd... I feel like he'd make a good FP. That'd be so cute. <laughs> Oh, and then I could go as, like, alcoholic train wreck Alice. That'd be fun. Yes, that'd be good. Oh, my goodness. Well, I went <laughs> to Veronica last Halloween, so I can't, mm-hmm. I can't be an outfit repeater. So I'm going to have to try and find something Riverdale-esque to go for Halloween this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Did you have any other notes left that you wanted to cover before we wrap up? 
No, that was kind of that kind of hit all my big marks. Yeah, me too. Me too. But I think we both agree lots of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah. dare I ask, like we always end our episodes, we ask <laughs> ourselves what would Betty do? Now, as much as we love our girl, Betty, uh, <laughs> her decisions we would not encourage. <laughs> no. Let's see. Let's break it down. What did she do this episode? She attended her friend's memorial. Hopefully nobody has to do that, so that's good. Hopefully not, yeah. Uh, she snooped in a dead man's uh, bedroom. Yeah, that's that's a bit awkward. <laughs> she ran away from an old person, which I would do too. So, oh. relatable. Old <laughs> people are fine. Mm, sure. I mean, they're fine. If you're talking, I get uncomfortable with my own thought of morality, so that's more of it. Okay, understood. <laughs> understood. Or mortality. I'm sorry. God, are we both half asleep? <laughs> Girl, I feel like I've I've like transferred my <laughs> my barrier to you. Like, like, I think so a little bit. No. Mortality. Wow. 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 But you knew what I meant, so morality too, I guess. <laughs> morality yes I didn't even realize you said anything else until you were like oh my god what did I just say (laughs) so I guess we would just run away from old people is that what we would do this episode um I think overall what she did this episode was investigate so she did as she does most days and most episodes and investigate um, Speaking of investigating, I'm waiting for my last paycheck to come in and I'm totally getting the Nancy Drew detective handbook. I like <laughs> it just needs to be in my life. And I, I know live by the same rules that Betty Cooper does. <laughs> I love it. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, I think we have embarrassed ourselves enough for one episode <laughs> with my yeah, I agree. delirium and then you catching my delirium somehow. I don't know. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I don't know. We'll try better. We'll try better. We'll try harder next episode. <laughs> we'll do something. Well, you know what? It's going to be a surprise, not only for you guys, but for us as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, goodness. All right, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye.